when you buy a property, you're not buying it for yourself. So you have to think, okay, what do the people in that area like, or who travel to that area really like? And and it's an it's an interesting concept of learning what what other people want rather than what you want. And that goes into the design of the property and also finding it. So that takes some time. And it took us some time to learn that skill, actually. Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and these are one of my favorite types of episodes where we get to interview and talk to successful short-term rental investors and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of their journey into short-term rental investing. And Fadi, I've got Fadi Hussein on joining me today, and uh, his wife, Rund, is not joining us, but they they've dove into this game a little over a year ago, and we're going to start talking about their journey into short-term rentals. So Fadi, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you. And so, so I always like to start Fadi by just dialing back the clock a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna kind of walk through your whole journey into this. You know, the what got you into short term rentals. But tell us a little bit about your background. Kind of what got you guys interested in it. And then as we start running down that road, we'll start really kind of piecing together some of the lessons the lessons learned along the way, some of the challenges that we had to overcome. And but let's start by dialing it back and tell us where you know what your background is and what got you interested in short term rentals. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I actually, um, my background is in medicine. So I'm, I'm a physician. So I that's that's my uh, you know at least education background. And uh, one of the books that I read was uh, Rich Dad uh, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, which kind of kind of reflected on what I my experience too, because my my dad was also a university professor and he was uh, all into education and everything, and and he wasn't that much into real investing in real estate in particular. He invested some in uh, in education, actually. So he invested in a private university, which was good. And and uh, he realized later in life when he retired that that was the best thing he did, actually, was investing his money rather than just waiting for a salary, really, of what he would do. So he instilled that in all of us, me and my uh, brother and three sisters that we have to. So all of us ended up being highly educated. <laughs> so um, and then by reading that book, I, I realized that, you know, um, investing and, and, and making money, investing your money and having your money really work for you rather than, I mean, working hard is important, obviously, but, but just not relying on that as a source of income of just, you know, because you have to go to the to your work every day, whether you're whatever money you make will end once you are not working anymore. And, uh, you know, retirement was not, you know, the more appealing thing, if you put your money in 401k, then you end up realizing that it's not as much as you would have hoped for. And uh, so reading that book took me into a journey of uh, trying to do different real estate projects. So me and one of my one of the physicians that I work with, so we, we both together went and did some education about real estate. So we, we bought some multifamily buildings and some commercial buildings. And the journey was, it has, like everybody else has ups and downs. <laughs> you know, we had a building that we had a fire in and it was just, you know, mentally draining to to have to spend that much time and trying to fix it and and work with insurance companies and everything so it's a learning experience obviously you learn from the bad situation more than the good situation sometimes and um in the last few years as, as you know i mean the, the market has been really hard for the um for the uh, you know long-term rentals and, and the apartment units in the sense that the price of the buildings went up and the rent, you couldn't go up because of what happens with the uh, economy and how things are. 
and the cost of everything went up. So we, we watched as we have some of our commercial building not do well. Some of them did well, actually. So, but the thing that, um, that actually uh, was important to realize is how you build equity into these buildings and how that equity translates into long-term uh, benefit. And then as we were looking for other venues to invest, because we are traditional thing was doing the commercial and the multifamily. And we do also invest in some, you know, medical buildings as part of what we do. So, um, so we came to realize that um, whatever income from those buildings is becoming uh, not as profitable as it used to be. So we, we came to realize, okay, well, let's try something else. And then we came across Odyssey and it was an eye opening you know, experience really into understanding short-term rental. Cause before that we were like, Oh, short-term rental. Well, if you don't get anybody to stay in your house, you know, it's scary, you know, and then all of the, you know, the, the, the you have to fix it a lot and you have to clean it and things like that. So we, th- that's how we came to Vodacy. So it was not by mistake. It was, we were looking for it. And then when I, you know, when I saw uh, your ads and everything, I, I sensed, um, you know, a sense of, honesty and and real you know, realize that it's just a realistic thing you know so by then we joined we listened to the lectures and it took me at so took us some time and to realize that um okay well i can do this you know after listening to the lectures yeah. so i'm i'm kind of person who i like to you know spend time to think about things and before i do anything and the other thing that was very important is that my wife ron wanted actually to be part of it and um, when we were doing the commercial buildings, she just did not have a sense of, you know, just, you know, you just buy a building and you have a management company to manage it. So there's nothing that you uh, feel um, involved in. And she wanted something to be more involved. So like, you know, you know, see how the rooms are, fix it, fix it up and, you know, do a certain theme that she likes. And so she was very excited about that. And I'm happy that she is. I mean, my wife is a pharmacist, by the way. But because, you know, we have young ones at home and everything. So it was hard to it was hard to really um, for her to, you know, work long hours and I'm working long hours and then take care of the kids. So but this but with short term rental, it's nice because, you know, she can work from home for the most part and manage a lot of things and and, uh, you know, keep us on track because she's she's the one that keeps me on track because sometimes I spend too much money that I shouldn't. Yeah. Do you, and I, and I love you touched on a number of different parts of that journey. And I appreciate you like kind of walking us through that is one, you tested out a few different asset classes and you realized kind of the pro the, everything has pros and cons, including short-term rentals. Right. And, and yeah. you mentioned one thing that I have loved about short-term rentals since I started investing back in 2006 is I've never been a part of an asset class that families and husbands and wives, spouses do together, right? It was, um, it it was, it, this is a very, that's very unique to short-term rentals and it does make it a lot of fun, right? Because you're, you're doing it together. You both get interested in it. You go through the ups and downs together. You understand like, okay, there's still, I mean, you know, I've had many conversations with Rund as well when she's like, Hey, I'm worried about this and we're struggling with this. And how do we, how do we navigate it? So you went, but you're doing it together and it makes it so much fun. But also you realize, like you said, before you got into it, you guys were really like, hey, this was by design that we wanted to learn about it before we got into the game. And I always I, it's interesting when I talk to very successful investors and that's a really common thread between successful investors is they're going to gain the knowledge and figure out how to how to mitigate their risk, how to accelerate their progress 
And a lot of inexperienced investors will say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to buy a property. Then I'll call you if I need help type of a situation. And, and I just think it's a, such a different way to look at it. And I appreciate you sharing that as well, because the, it, it's such a common thread between, and I always say success leaves clues. And there's going to be a lot of those different things. That's why I do these episodes. So when people listen, it's like, Hey, listen, there's a few pe- or people, there are a few steps ahead of you in the game. Let's pay attention to the common threads of when they are, what they're going to in the common threads that they mention, And one thing that is always very common is, Hey, we, we wanted to get educated and gain a knowledge base and build a foundation and have a process, a blueprint to follow before we dove in, because it can get expensive at times. Right. And you're, like you said, and, and, and it's nice to have the, the other side, like with you and run where you're kind of checks and balances in place. Right. And so, so when did you, so you guys started getting in, involved in it, you, you're both busy, you're both working hard. So it's not like you, you have a ton of extra time. And so that was important too, because I always say during the acquisition phase and the setup phase, there's a, still a lot of time to be spent there. Even, even like for myself and you guys included, you don't manage your own properties. We turn it over at the end of the day, but in the beginning, you're, you're dedicating some time, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So the acquisition, I mean, the search for a property takes time and it, it depends on many factors. I mean, the first one is, um, you know, which I learned from Vodacy is that when, when you buy a property, you're not buying it for yourself. So you have to think, okay, what do the people in that area like, or who travel to that area really like? And, and it's an, it's an interesting concept of learning what, what other people want rather than what you want. And that goes into the design of the property and also finding it. So that takes some time. And it took us some time to learn that skill, actually. As a matter of fact, there's a nice book, actually, it's called The Mom Test. Um, and that book, um, it actually looks into, and the reason why it's called the mom test is actually funny. It's basically, if you bring a, a project of investment or anything to your mom, and she will always say, oh, it's excellent. You should do it, you know, without really knowing whether it's a good idea or not. So, so the mom test teaches you to know that, um, well, it's not about you. It's about the customers. And that's what you have to learn. And it's a skill because we, you know, we built our own house. So we designed it, but you designed it the way you like it. But then when, you, when you're working with a, you know, um, with other customers and, and you have guests that come to your house, you have to, you have to think about what they like as well. So it was, uh, it was a learning curve for us. So that was a, that was a big thing that we learned is that, you know, finding the property takes time, setting it up takes time. And, you know, we worked with, uh, Mike Whitfield, who was excellent. And, and always he said, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about what people want. And that's, yeah. you know, that went into the design of the house as well. So that was, that was a skill that we had to learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all about the identifying who your target audience is and building that experience for them, right? Not, not always for us, for them and whoever that, that target audience is. So let's dial back. How did you guys select the market? You guys ended up selecting one of probably the most crowded market, the most, you know, and one of the most established markets, which is the greater Orlando area in Kissimmee, Florida. Right. And so how did you guys go about selecting that market? Yeah. So we went through a phase of looking at different markets, including the market that we live here in Wisconsin. And we, you know, we wanted to do something nearby because uh, we have young daughters, two daughters that are young, five and two year old. Mm So, and then we, we thought, well, I mean, if we're going to test this, let's test it at a good scale and something that if we buy a property and it doesn't work, then we can sell it at least and maintain its value too. The good thing about Orlando is that um, even if you build it up and design it and everything, you could still sell it for a higher price because it's themed house, you know, that kind of thing. So at least you don't lose a lot of money on it. In Wisconsin, 
we like the idea of having you know a cabin house that would be nice uh, however the resale value might not be as good especially if you put money on it and we wanted to test something first and understand how it works in a market that is well established and also you know our daughters love going to orlando you know there's a lot of things to to do there with disney and sea world and and we traveled there one time we stayed in one of the resorts of disney but the room was so small and we did we, we we didn't like it. It was very expensive too. So we thought, you know, since, um, you know, we have two, uh, two that are young and we're expecting a third baby. So we're going to travel there at least maybe twice a year. So, and we could use it, but we don't want to pay, of course, all the mortgage and all the expenses and everything by ourselves. So then doing it as short-term rental will actually pay for that so there is one thing that can make or break your success with short-term rentals and that's your ability to provide your guests with an amazing night's rest we're taking all of the guesswork out of selecting the perfect mattress system personally i have these custom mattresses in every one of my short-term rentals we love them so much that we even got them in our own personal homes here in utah so visit vodiceysleepsystem.com and use the promo code podcast it's all caps at checkout to get 55 percent off and you, always when we're, we're when we do these episodes those you that are listening or watching it on whatever platform you are in the show notes we always link these properties and uh Fadian runs properties called orlando dreams and it's a large property it's a nine bedroom property right and so um you went and you decided you were you were going to select a larger property to host multi-generational families i know that you guys like to travel with some of your family as well i know um and so that was important yeah. to you and then you designed it yeah. for that right Yes, exactly. Yeah, we stayed there um, for the, for New Year's, uh, you know, break and in the holidays, and it was amazing. I and mean, the whole family came, so and everybody enjoyed it, and it's long lasting memories. And uh, they will, you know, because my siblings also they have younger, you know, uh, children, and and those memories are uh, are you know very important for them because they live in different states, yeah. and you know, they, they don't live here in Wisconsin. So yeah, that's awesome. And and I had the I had the pleasure of of touring this property a few months back we were there um, right when you guys were wrapping it up and we had a little vodacy event and a bunch of us came over and checked out the property and you guys really once you identified that target audience working with mike and and their team and and really diving into really diving in to say okay we're going to create this unbelievable experience and you guys did just that for again in a market that is very very crowded and very established with a lot of good properties and a lot of people you know will say well you know you you gotta you you really did have to dial this one in which you guys did and this property was amazing right i mean you guys there's a story in every room it's a very congruent story throughout the whole property and mm -hmm. but it when you go through everybody just kind of has their own little their own little sanctuary and there's all the you know just I mean, when you want to talk about a theme property with a with a big story, you guys you guys really dialed that in, didn't you? Yeah. So actually, the, the it, there's a story behind it too, because um, when we when we were looking for a house, we did not want a house that is already themed. And the reason why is because when you look at the themes that people have, they have multiple flaws. The first one is that sometimes the the art that they have on the walls is something that is not you know sustainable. So you have to keep renewing it. Yeah. And then the ones that are really big, they they were very expensive. So the ones that have like you know slides and they have like the bedrooms that are themed and they have they build out all these things. If anything breaks, then you have to fix it, and that's very expensive too. So then when we had our discussion with Mike, we came up with a crazy request of him. We said, okay, we have this house, 
It has a lot of rooms and each room has to have a theme, but we have to keep within the budget because we can't spend, you know, we could spend all the money on one room, right? But we want, yeah. but what we wanted is we wanted an experience for the whole family. So everybody stays in a room. Everybody will have a wonderful experience, not just fight for which room you're going to stay in, which room is not themed and all of that. And the other request that we had of him is that we said, well, you know, the rooms are good size, but they're not huge. And we wanted something that is that has depth in it, like an art that has depth in it, and it has a 3D effect. So, you know, things sticking out of the wall. And he's like, whoa, I've never done something like that. But let me think. So then, you know, we talked about it. We spent a few months searching and everything. And then, then you know, he, he came up with a great idea of, of doing that, printing that art on, on, um, on big sheets that, that he does and that, that were, you know, sustainable material, you know, vinyl that is very durable and you don't have to clean it. You don't have to, you know, change anything with it. And it still had that effect. So the, the, the visual effect of looking at the room, you would see that it's bigger than it is because it gives you that depth into it. But at the same time, there's some of the cartoonish characters were actually sticking out. Um, so it gives you that feeling that you're actually looking at something far, but then it still is within reach. And you could, you could see that those wonderful, really uh, printed arts on the wall without spending, you know, a lot of money on designing beds and doing all of that. So, and, um, and this way everybody will have the same experience and things, you know, easy are easy to maintain. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, I remember when you guys were doing that and making those requests and you guys were figuring it out with Mike and now it's become, kind of one of his signature pieces and things to do in a property to bring those properties to life is this 3D art. And it's almost hard to see it in the photos. The photos can look amazing, but then when you get there in person, you're like, wow, these, the, everything just comes to life. And it is, it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of starting to become his signature piece. And you guys were like, it was, it was just the brainchild of you guys working together and saying, Hey, we want to do this request because we're trying to maximize our furnishing budget as much as possible and get get it to stretch as far as possible, not blow it all on one room, which a lot of properties do. A lot of properties will have this one crazy room for all the photos and then you get to the house and then all the other rooms don't, they're not congruent, right? They don't tie together. Your guys' house, every inch of that ties together with a very congruent design theme, a very, a very congruent story throughout. But, and it just comes to life with all this 3D art, which is, it, it's actually like when we were walking through, it's, it, it's hard to imagine until you actually see it. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, Mike did a great job and he's, he's got some genius ideas. The other thing that is important also which was a learning curve for us too, is that, well, when we were selecting the type of rooms, now obviously Mike did the research, so he has research on, okay, what are the common things that people like when they come to Orlando? Yeah. And then also in the images that are there on the wall, so he would do a research and figure out, okay, well, this is people like that more, people like this more. So it wasn't just, um, it wasn't, a task that I would do by myself, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it yeah. was, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of that too. So. Yeah. Love it. And, and it, and it came together beautifully. Again, you guys go check it out. Um, we'll have the links in the show notes, but so, so we went through that setup. I know that that was, I mean, that there was a lot of like back and forth. We're trying to get it all set up. 
timelines as far as hitting your timelines we had a very specific timeline because we all we had an event and we were like we want to show we want to kind of showcase yeah. this right and so it was uh i know we were like mike was mike was in there the the morning of the event like finishing the last minute last minute pieces but i mean because that was kind of a deadline everything it, that that was that was the original deadline right that you guys wanted oh, to yeah. get it done and start launching yeah, no, I mean they did it in a, in a record time. Really, I mean it was yeah. it was amazing. I mean the amount of uh, you know art we had and and we, we you know we did some other things in the house. I mean the the carpet had uh, you know was dated yeah. and had some smell, so it there's a painting of the walls. Not nothing major, but there's a there's a lot of things. And we we actually did um, also a, you know a, a game room in the garage that was also a little bit of built there. But yeah, they did it in a in. A, you know, in a timely fashion. So that was, that was amazing. Yeah. And, and there was a, there was a tax play here too, right? We were trying to materially participate. We were trying to get it launched live and we were trying to get, we were trying to get it to where it was, that it was active and live by the end of the, by the end of 2023. And so there was, this was all toward the end of the year, right? And we were trying to get everything stacked in and live. And so how yeah. did that all work? Did everything, everything worked with material participation and getting it live on time and everything else? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, well, obviously we had, you know, me and Ron were tracking all the material participants. I was going to talk about that. So, um, th that's another thing that is attractive to us actually in, in, in short-term rental is the fact that, um, you know, for tax, for tax purposes, me and Ron, because we're busy, we can't actually, you know, uh, be, reach that real estate status where you can actually, um, you know, be a participant as a real as a realtor and a spend all that time and all these yeah, hours. Research professional. Yeah. Yes, that's that's what I was trying to remember. So then, um, with with short term rental, you can materially participate. And 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 I actually, um, you know, before starting this, I, I I read the book. It's called The Tax Cure, and The Tax Cure is by Mike Pine and and Tom Black actually. And that's a that's an interesting book that that goes into um, taxes and how taxes really affect you, especially, and it's actually, this book was, was written for physicians really, but it, it's good for everybody to read yes. it because it has a lot of information about tax. And the other, the other book that was actually good to read is a tax-free wealth by Tom Wheelwright. And, um, and by learning that is basically is the idea is that if you have a short-term rental, you materially participate and you track the hours that you spend, whether it, between you and, and your spouse too, then you can actually reach that uh, material participation, and that will actually help you when you do your taxes because it it basically means if you materially participate, then any expenses that are spent in the house, then they can actually go back to your own individual taxes, not not the taxes against the property. So all the properties that we have for multifamily and commercial and everything, the whatever you know taxes goes in only into that building. That, that you have or that LLC that, that that building belongs to. But when you do a short-term rental, then then that goes against your income as, you know, as you know, on W-2. So, and that's a big thing because, you know, um, and by, by reading the books, I mean, initially it was feeling like, oh, so that feels like you're cheating on your taxes, but it's actually not. This is what the, the tax law is. And matter of fact, the tax law is written because it wants you to do that. Because when you do that, then you help the economy. Because you're, when you have a short-term rental, I mean, you have a management company, you have designers, you have, uh, you know, you know, people that do the construction, contractors, 
everybody that works there. So you're you're employing you're you're employing people. You're moving the and economy. And people and coming in to visit the area and boost the the local economies as well. All the visitors. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that so that and, tax and that's part of and the tax. for those listening to that with the way like what Fadi's talking about is if you're a really high in, income earner and there's there's multiple buckets of income that the IRS classifies. Well, the two most common are active income. That's what we make from our jobs, and then passive income. And a lot of real estate people there they have you know your commercial properties, your multifamily, all of your all of your real estate investments that falls under passive income. And so you can only write off passive expenses against passive income. And one of the expenses, which is a non-cash expense is depreciation. And so depreciation can be, that can help reduce all the taxes in your passive income bucket with short-term rentals. You can classify them by materially participating in them. And there's some check boxes you have to do. We won't get into that. I've done a couple podcasts with Mike Pine and actually Thomas Black, who was on our podcast as well, who wrote the book you're talking about. And, um, and, but, and so we can go back and review that. But what it is, is it allows you to start to take that, all of that, all those expenses and write it off against your active income as well. Well, our active income, especially like Fadi and Run, where they're high income earners, W-2 earners, and, you know, as a physician and a pharmacist, there's, you don't have a lot of write-offs because you, you, you know, you get a, you get a paycheck and you don't have a business, you don't have the real estate to write off. So it can be huge for anybody that is a high W-2 earner to buy an asset that you don't have to qualify as a real estate professional and you still get the benefits of being able to materially participate and write that off and not just the expenses, the depreciation. And right now, while bonus depreciation is still here, it can be huge, right? I I had, I did this on one property. I put $160,000 down. I reduced my taxes by $95,000. So my net into that property was $65,000. And it, and it was, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, right? I can parlay that extra $195,000 back into another property again. And that's what we're talking about right here, which is a big, big benefit of short-term rental investing. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that, that helps because it, it goes into, so, so sorry, go ahead. So you got that one launched and then we, we got it live. You guys, you guys ended up having to, you got to enjoy the, enjoy the holidays there with the family, which is a huge other benefit that, you know, like you said, you build, building those memories, having a lot of funds. Why we call them lifestyle assets, because they're not only good financial assets and investments, but they can also add to the lifestyle, those memories, those things that, that are hard to track money wise. Right. And, and they're, they, they can yeah. really raise the level of our lifestyle enjoyment as well. Exactly. And the other benefit of it is what I see is like my daughter, she's five years old and she's, well, every time I say five, she's like almost six. Okay. Almost six. So, <laughs> but she's, she's getting into it. Like sometimes when I'm sitting in the, in the office and, and she comes, she wants to help me. She's like, Oh daddy, are you busy, busy making money? I'm like, yes, you want to help? She's like, yes. So she knows what I'm doing and she understands what we're doing. And, and, and that's a good learning experience for her. So like, you know, in, in the future, you know, when she, when she, when she's older and she can, you know, help us with that, then she, she will, I'm sure she will enjoy it because it's, you know, it's a lifestyle asset. So we go to these houses, we see them, we, we, we stay there. And, uh, so that's, that's a, that's really, I mean, I've, I've been bonding more with her now on that actually <laughs> too. So cause she, she likes doing that. It, too, so. It's funny. It's, it's the main thing that my kids and I, like we started, like, like when you say bonding with it, my kids get super involved in because they're interested in it. It's fun, right? She was, she stayed at the house. She knows what it is. It's not, she was, she's able to experience what it is because she can experience it. She also gets interested in saying, let's do it again. Let's figure this out. And it's really for me, 
growing up, you just don't, we just don't get a lot of financial education through the school systems, right? And through the education system, we have to really go seek financial education out. And, and like one of the books, you know, the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's a foundational book of just understanding those different quadrants of making money and what you can do and how you can compound and how you can leverage all those different things. But we don't really get that in school. And when we can do it in front of our kids and they can start to see it and they can start to see, okay, well, this makes sense, but this doesn't. And here's why. And they start to learn it. It's crazy how fast they get, they, they pick it up. I have twins that they'll be 13 this year. And last year they were, they've gone through the entire Odyssey program. They've gone through, they fill out the pro formas. They send me properties. They find them on Zillow. They send me the, they send me a pro forma. Dad, what do you think about this? But they're actually filling out the numbers at this stage and looking and saying, is it negative cash flow? Is it positive cash flow? They're not always correct. And so we go through it together and we correct them, but they're really getting interested in saying, let's partner on a property. And they're, they're 12 years old. And it's a lot of fun to be able to see that. But more, what's really fun is that they're, they're, leveling up their financial like that that knowledge that's just not available in the school system oh yeah absolutely and i can tell you by you know by driving in the in the physician lot in the hospital you see all these cars with like two hundred thousand dollars cars. i mean i would never do something like that i mean i would invest my money in in a in a you know in an sdr or something i mean not that i have a bad car i i have a good car but i just yeah. you know i see how physicians invest their money they they because they, they were not educated on that so they they make money they see that they're making money they now that they're young and everything and they spend it or put it in stocks or something and have someone else, you know, invest it for them and make the money. And, and then you don't have that, that asset. Actually, the thing that I like about the short-term rental is, and you talk about that a lot is, is having uh, quality assets. And that's something important because when you're young, you still have some income coming from work and different, you know, sources, you can invest that in, into, um, uh, you know, quality assets that in the future when they're paid off, then you can actually live off of that. Um, and because uh, I invested in other buildings that I didn't like and I it's a lot of work. And in the beginning on the numbers look nice where you can make more money, but then you realize, well, it's a lot of work and it's not worth it. And you end up spending more money than you would think you would. But then when you buy quality assets, especially in the short-term rental uh, situation, then those assets, I mean, you build equity and you can, in the future, you can sell them, you can keep them, you know, so yeah. that's, that's another benefit of doing that. And I'll, and I'll tell you the, since we're talking about like, right, it, the decisions we make when we, of what we spend our active income on is going to be that like, what you can really look at somebody and figure out, okay, what are they spending their active income on today? And if it's on a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of really nice things, you know, tomorrow they're, they're not going to be living that life that they're hoping to live. If you take somebody and say, okay, they're, they're taking their active income and buying investments, whether it's short term rental, rentals or otherwise, if they're investing it, they're going to have a better tomorrow. And the one thing that is, and, and I, I say this all the time, when I was early on, I was a spender, right? I would just want to, I would want to buy the boats. I would want to buy the big cars and I want to want to do all this stuff. And I just would spend, spend, spend. And short-term rentals by accident is when I got into them in 2006 was I was buying a second home. I was buying a cabin, right? It was like, okay, I'm just going to buy this cabin in, uh, in Utah and we're going to really just enjoy this. And it was more of that okay, I'm going to go buy something else, right? At least it was real estate. And so it had some potential. But at the time, I was just buying something else as a like to enjoy where short-term rentals kind of satisfy both aspects because 
who doesn't want, you know, a mountain house? Who doesn't want a beach house? Who doesn't want a house down, you know, the in Orlando next to Disney, right? These are assets that can really produce long-term wealth, but you also get that benefit of having a, something really nice to enjoy today. Because, you know, you don't, you don't always, sometimes it's hard to be disciplined and always spend it or invest it the right way. And so you're saying, okay, well, at least I can still have that, those memories and that enjoyment. That's how we justify the big, you know, in, you know, you go to any lake across the country and you got three or $400,000 boats and people justify it by saying, well, look at the time and the memories I get to spend. We'll go buy something like a, a vacation home that you get to go buy. And it's a quality asset and quality assets. I, that's just a concept that Warren Buffett always says. He said, anytime you always look for the avenue that you can buy the highest quality assets. And, and ultimately in the long run, you're always going to have a return on that investment. Yes, absolutely. And that takes me into one of my favorite topics is to read about is psychology and psychology of money, actually. <laughs> and it's it, it actually quite interesting how, you know, how people, you know, think about money and justify their, their, uh, you know, their, sometimes what they do with, with money and different things in life. Um, so this book actually by Morgan Housel is called The Psychology of Money. Highly recommended for anybody who's, uh, who likes reading. <laughs> and it's not, and, it, and I promise it's not like psychology, like deep, like medicine psychology. It's just, you know, understanding of things and what people do in their life. And it's interesting to, to um, not that this book talk about that, but from a, you know, the, the, the human brain has, you know, three, three levels. And uh, I'm, this is not going to be very boring, I promise. So uh, it has a logical part of the brain, which is the outer part of the brain. It's called the cortex. And then there's a limbic system, which is the emotional. And then there's the reptile part of the brain, which is the brainstem. And basically what happens with most people is that the emotions sometimes can be overwhelming, that it, it overcomes your, your logical thinking. And then you start, you know, um, trying to make sense of your emotions in a way and trying to justify why would you do things not based on logic, but just based on emotions. And I completely agree with you. I think the short-term, you know, parental is logical because it really is an, is a, is a good asset to have. It produces income and you could buy it for cash flow. You could buy it for building equity in the future. So you could, you know, decide what you want to do. And at the same time as a lifestyle asset that will make your, your family happy and you're not, you know, buying something, like a car or a boat and next day after you buy it, it will depreciate like crazy and, you know, and it will go and it doesn't offer you any tax benefits or anything. And there is a joy for doing that, maybe a short term, short term joy, but not a long term yeah. with what you have with, with the short, with the long term um, um, rentals. Actually, if you, um, also psychology actually looks at what makes people happy and experience and it's not material ownership of things. It's basically going on a trip with the family, memories that you yeah. build with that, and the short-term rental has all of that. So, Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I have not actually read that book. I've actually, somebody else recommended that very recently, last week, somebody told me to, to go get that book. So I definitely, this is my sign that I need to go get it. <laughs> So okay. I, I love, I love understanding those different things, but you're exactly right. We're going to, we always justify whatever decision we make. Right. And you can almost do like we're as human beings, we're very good at justifying whatever, whatever decision there is. And so we have to, we have to kind of let that logical brain, you know, sometimes guide us a little bit to make some good decisions, but we're going, cause we're going to justify emotionally any of those decisions, good, bad, or otherwise. Right. And so we have to, yeah. it, it is nice to be aware of the psychology of how we actually do operate and, and we're like, but, and then, 
and at a, I, when I was buying that cabin in the beginning, turned it into a short-term rental, I didn't really realize why I was staying so interested in that asset class, but it was, I was younger, right? And I was still in that stage where I thought, hey, it doesn't really, I don't really need to worry about investing, t- you know, today because, I mean, I've been investing in real estate for 24 years, but a lot of it was short-term investments. They were development deals, build jobs, fix and flips. And I did never really think about stacking those assets for the long term because I just thought, ah, I'll do that tomorrow. You know, I'm in my 20s, I'm in early 30s and I'll just do, I'll do it tomorrow. I need to worry about it right then. And when I look back, I would I would justify it, but I still loved this long term investment as that were short term rentals back then because they were so fun and they they did still satisfy that that lifestyle upgrade. It was really fun to tell my friends, hey, let's go to my cabin house, and they didn't have cabin houses. Let's go to the beach house. Let's go to the desert. Like, and they were like, oh man, you got houses everywhere, and and it was more at the time. I feel like. I loved like kind of the ego boost of it, if if anything else. And then I realized it was the psychology of that back then that kept me interested enough. And now as I've gotten older and stuff, I, I realize, you know, I try to always look back and analyze everything we're doing. And I look at it and say, well, I, thank goodness that was there. Thank goodness the psychology was the how, how our brains are built was there because I might, you know, I might not have ever, you know, got into anything that kept me as interested. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I like the, the you know, the start of the uh, Odyssey uh, uh, classes and education that when you start talking about peeling the onion and getting to the core of what, why you're really doing this. Because, I mean, the inner game is, I think, is a, is a very important one to actually um, overcome first before you do any investing. Because investing, there's goods and bads. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And <laughs> that's, that's how it is. And, I, and I'm not, by yeah. all means, I'm not an in, experienced investor in real estate or anything like that. I'm starting and I'm learning and I, I enjoyed, I enjoy Odyssey. And, and the other thing that I like about it is that, um, you know, when I started actually, let's talk about peeling the onion. So keep peeling the onion, keep peeling the onion. I came to my understanding of why I'm doing this. And I came to understanding I'm doing this for, for my family because that's the most important thing for me. And, and everybody has their own thing. I mean, if your interest is just getting to a certain, um, you know, return of investment of a certain number that you're looking at, and you want to do like 20% or 15%, I mean, you'll reach that. And then what? Or a certain yeah. amount of money that you want to build? Well, there's always someone who's going to have more money than you. <laughs> and then, yeah. but, but and then it, you're going to reach down. it and it's not going to be all that it was meant to be, right? And then you're then what's next, right? There's got to be something deeper for sure, and which is why we talk about yeah. that. And you're so right. No one, investing is not guaranteed. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. The The goal with any investment is to mitigate as much risk as possible, you know, dive into it with as much predictability as possible and, and, and really stack the odds in our favor. So let's talk a little bit about stacking the odds in your favor. Cause we, we started off, we bought the property, you got it all set up and you're getting ready. You know, you've, you've since launched, but you're launching in a very, very crowded market, right. In you know, in yeah. Kissimmee, Florida, greater Orlando area, super crowded market. And so you really have to stack the odds in your favor in a market like this. So take us through how that launch went and where we're at with the launch. I know we're still in the launch phase, but let's, let's talk a little bit about that and, you know, and see if we were able to stack the odds in our favor well enough to kind of springboard and grab that momentum right out of the gate. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had initially when we, when we launched, we did not have the rooms designed yet by, Odyssey team. So we had like the rooms, whatever it was there. And we had a management company that was managing. And um, we were not very happy about the way the management company was doing us. Again, it's a learning curve. So for us, it was learning too. Um, 
not that they were doing bad things, but they were just not maybe a smaller company, not what we were looking for to to manage a lot of things. And then once we once we you know had the dates set up to to improve the property and do everything. So before we were getting some bookings, not very good, and some some bad reviews we got too actually. Although it wasn't our fault, but we still got some bad reviews. And then when we knew the date, we decided, okay, we're going to change the management company. So we interviewed a few and we used uh, Vodacy learning system and how to interview them, what questions to ask and all of that, because it was something new to us. I mean, I mean, I have some experience, but again, I'm not an experienced real estate investor by any means, but I have some experience with long terms. So I interviewed many management companies. We changed a few. So I have some experience with that, but now with short term, short term is different. And uh, so we interviewed more management companies and we, we came with one that we think is a, you know, bigger one, but they have everything set up and talked to them several times and made sure that our communication is, is in, you know, is synced on different things that we learned from Vodacy, which is, which is also important because the, the way you do things in Vodacy are different than what people do. And the manager in the beginning, he would ask me, well, why are you doing that? I said, okay, well, we're doing it. We got some education. We understand that. For you, this is new. And for him, even, he was like, I've never done this before, but I'll do it. And now, I mean, we got, you know, five-star reviews. All the reviews are five-star. And we're booked more than any of the properties that he has in the time that usually in Orlando is is a you know, low season. No one books there. And he's surprised. He calls me. He's like, what are you doing? Are you doing something that I'm not aware of? I'm like, no, but I told you this thing works, you know? So... So we're happy about it. I hope it continues. Obviously, the first you know year, as we were taught in Vodacy, is that you want to build that customer base and returning customers, and then you know with time, the value of your property will go up, and and then you can go up on your you know nightly rates, and and then you would you would get a return on your investment. So. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you know, we we've heard that uh, a lot of times when people are following the system, and they're they're we're like, okay, we've this is this is very predictable of, and it all it is, it's not one thing that we do. I just got back from a conference, right, and and everybody's selling the one thing, the magic pill, the you know the AI things that will solve all their listing problems and booking problems, and that's not the case. You've got to have a good property. It's got to be set up for a specific target audience. You guys did that. The first time you launched, that was before you had the property completed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we so we were missing that piece, right? We, we bought it. We bought a good property with potential, but we didn't have it set up correctly for the target audience. It fell flat in a crowded market. Right. We went in and we did all those things that we're talking about, stacking the odds in our favor, creating a unique experience for a target audience, and then understanding how to articulate it on the marketing side. And now the management company is like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, what, what, what is there something going on behind the scenes here? Because this property is booked. It's the, our number one property in our portfolio. Nobody else is booked. You, what are you guys doing? Right. And it's, it's all those little things that you stacked along the way. And now you have an offer that people want and they say, yes, I want that above and beyond everything else available here, which there's a lot of things available there. And you guys are going to, I have no doubt. I've seen the property. I know what you guys are doing. I have no doubt that you're going to have a great first year and be able to iterate along the way. The goal for that first year is gain all that momentum, start to get those get those customers, get them repeating, you know, in 12 to 18 months because people go back, uh, we're creatures of habit. And then ultimately really, really snowball the success into that 18 to 24 month mark, right? And so um, I'm really proud of you guys for really dialing back and saying, okay, we're going to follow the process and we're going to, you know, we recognize that, you know, we, we bought a property with potential 
but it, it, the market's not going to, you know, it, it, you're just kind of blending into the market, maybe a couple of bad reviews, not the right management partner and ultimately making the adjustments early on, which was, which was a testament to you and Rund to be able to say, okay, listen, we need to, we need to not blame the market, not figure it out. You looked in the mirror and said, here are the things that we need to do different. You went and did it and now you're getting rewarded for it. So it, it's really fun to see what's going on right now on that that second relaunch really with the new management partner and having a property that's set up correctly. Yes. And it was uh, quite a, a fun experience, you know, meeting everybody from Odyssey in Orlando and then going to the property with everyone and hearing everybody's comments. And we met really amazing people that are still helping us till now, you know, you, you connect with, with really smart people that are, that have been doing this for some time. And, and um, it makes you feel more comfortable, you know, in a way, like when I listened to the lectures and everything, but I didn't meet everyone in person, it was like, uh, you know, you know, we're doing this, but I don't know how things are. I mean, I can, I can sense a sin- sincerity in, in, in Sean and everybody else's voice. But then when I met them, I, I realized that you build a nice group of people that are genuinely, you know, uh, good people, sincere, and really want to help other people. And I, so we, we really appreciated that. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys being there too and being part of that family. You know, we always call it our Vodacy family. In fact, I just got back last night from Nashville. We do meetups every single month in a different city. And it's really fun, like you said, just just to put faces to names. We see each other on Zoom so often and we, you know, we're always online and like you said, in different trainings and lectures and coaching and, and just in our community. But when you really get to, to meet people, you really get the feel that, hey, this really is a family. Like this is a, this is, People are willing to share anything they can. And, you know, now you guys are going to be in that position as well. And even being on the podcast and sharing your story and saying, hey, listen, we, we've been down this road a, a few steps now. Somebody else coming on, you're able to share some of those things. Uh, um, Rory, Rory Vaden, somebody that I was listening to on a podcast one time said, you're most qualified to help the person you once were. And that's really I feel like kind of embodies the kind of the philosophy of our Vodacy family is, you know, that everybody's willing to, to say here, we're, we're willing to help, you know, there's, I can't help you avoid that dragon around that corner, but I can tell you, I fought it last week and I know how to kill it. Right. And so we're going to, we're going to show you how to do it instead of having to see that dragon the first time and figure it out on your own. And so, and, and I, yeah, I love getting together with our family, the, the Vodacy family and just saying, Hey, listen, here's what's going on. And it keeps us everybody kind of in tune of what's going on in the industry as well. Right. You you know, this is, you guys launched this property, the end of 2023 and for rolling in, you know, we're the beginning of 2024 right now. And in a market that a lot of people are struggling in and a lot of market that they haven't dialed in all those things. And so, and again, success leaves clues. You guys, if you're listening or watching on a platform, go pay attention to the the listing and how it's set up and what we're doing and, and how, how Fadi and Rund have set this property up for success and high, dialing in the right management partners, dialing in the right target audience, how to, how to articulate that, bringing in the right designers, figuring out how to articulate it with their photos. And so all these different things are little things, but they all stack together for great success. And so Fadi, we're running out of time, but I re, I always ask, you know, before the end of every episode, I always, I always like to dial back the clock a little bit to our younger selves and say, knowing what I know now, would I give myself any advice that says, hey, I would go do this different or pay attention to this along the way. And, you know, it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be way back, but it can be. Like if you want to go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell them now that you've kind of got into the game, game had some, some success, navigated a few different asset classes? What would you tell somebody, your younger self, that is, that is thinking about getting into the game? Well, I mean, I, I, 
I, I don't know if at, at that time Vodacy existed even, but I would have, <laughs> I would have actually done, uh, you know, you know, more education about uh, real estate in general and, and, and short-term rental. Actually, I would have invested in that earlier. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the other thing is, you know, with, with Vodacy that I really like is, is the fact that you guys have weekly sessions and that's very, very helpful in the sense that even I, I learned a lot of things that I used in my other properties that are not short-term rental even. And, yeah. um, it's, uh, you know, it's an, I, I call it an, an atomic habit. So it's like the book from, you know, James clear about yep. atomic habits of something that you do, maybe a little bit of it every day and learn more. And then at the end, you know, and also building real estate. So you start, you know, small things and you keep building it. And, you know, for me, those 20 years, if I had learned more about real estate and Odyssey, I would have been in a, maybe a better place than I am right now, which is important because, you know, these things take time to build. And, and I always, again, I mean, I, I, I agree with your um, approach to this in the sense that, well, it is something that you build and you would see the outcome of that maybe in 10 years. You should not, you, if you're looking at, fast returns right now in a year or two of like 20% and the risk is very high. And are you really willing to risk that? I mean, maybe if I'm, if I was in my twenties, I might do some projects like that. But when you have a family, then your understanding is different. And also with age, I'm different. So if I'm in my sixties then I might be looking at a different, you know, style of investing that, that where, where I am right now. So for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you listen to, any of the most successful investors out there, they always say like even like the big time investors, the Warren Buffetts and the Ray Dalio's, they say the number one thing you should invest in in the very beginning is yourself and gaining the knowledge about whatever road you're going to run down before you invest in it. And so couldn't couldn't agree more there. And so Fadi, I really, really appreciate you joining us. This is awesome that we have people like you guys that are willing to share their stories, willing to you know, help people along the way, answer questions, just wrap into our Vodacy family. And those of you that are listening, we know how valuable your time is and we really appreciate you spending it with us as well. And so you guys know at the end of every episode, I always ask you two favors, pretty small favors, but I always hope that you can help me with both of them. The first one is if you liked this show, share it with somebody that you think might like it as well. Spread the word. Let's let's get the word out. And we our goal is to help people walk into the short-term rental game with their eyes wide open. And you guys really help us spread the word by sharing the show. If you liked it, leave us a thumbs up. If you have more than 30 seconds, leave us a review on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. And then the second request in the most important request is to go pick that one thing you can do today. Start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.